Blog Talk Radio. I'm Raina Starr, as always, with my co-host, the amazing Star Bustamante. Say hello, Star. Hello, Star. The 415 is brought to you by WildHunt.org and Desperate House Witches. Please visit WildHunt.org. Give it all your support. It is the pagan paper of record. We need it. We have to have it. We must support it. 415 is peppered with foul language, and please know that the opinions expressed on this show are mine and my co-host, and not any other entity or its subsidiary. Thank you for tuning in. Well, we got a jam-packed one this month. Holy shit. I hope everybody is safe and warm and dry. I've had an insane February. Thank the gods that shit's over. We'll go into that some other time. All right. Heading up our lineup for today, the train wreck in Greece. Train wreck before that was in Palestine, Ohio. I don't know why they're suddenly calling it Palestine when it's been East Palestine, Ohio, my entire life. But that's a separate issue. So, uh... Just to remind folks, uh, in our country, uh, the East Palestine, Ohio train wreck, after that happened, a certain former president, whose initials are DT, and if you spend enough time listening to him, you will get the DTs potentially, who deregulated everything that he could, actually had the balls to go and visit the site. Um, his hubris never fails to astound me, although at this point I should not at all be surprised. However, uh, you know, this is happening not just in this country. This is happening everywhere. Um, Star, can you shed any light on what's happened in Greece? Right. So um, what we what we know at this point is that um, – Two trains hit head-on. Um, they were on the same track for um, approximately 12 minutes before uh, before they crashed into each other. Um, the train was going like, oh, the passenger train was going over 100 miles an hour. And uh, so, I mean, there's, uh, for those of you with a strong stomach, you can go online and you can actually see the actual footage of when, you know, because I mean, it was, it was pretty horrific so far. Um, you know, the, the passenger train had, uh, roughly 350, um, people on it. And many of them were returning from, uh, the, uh, holiday weekend, which in Greece yeah. there you know there's annual um 
carnival celebrations, but also like in um, the Wild Hunt published a story about uh, Salaflora, which has roots to Dionysus, right? It's a huge, it's a, it's a, in, in, I mean, like there were numerous parades and celebrations in Athens and um, this train was coming from Athens and, um, you know, collided with uh, a cargo train, I believe. Um, they still, there's not a lot of great information as to um, exactly how this this happened. So far, the death toll is... Uh, I think right around 60, but they're, um, so they're saying 60 dead, but they have, you know, they're having a hard time identifying uh, some of the bodies, which <clears throat> is not surprising considering that, I mean, it was a huge explosion basically when these two trains collided. Um, and th- there are a number of people that are um, unaccounted for. So whether they're dead or, you know, I mean, it's possible they could even be badly burned and be in the hospital. The, so there's there's still um, not a lot of uh, great information. Um, residents have been lining up to donate blood. Um, I mean, it's just pretty horrible all all the time or everything we know so far is just horrible um the rail workers association have called for strikes um you know what is going to end up happening is hard to say um i mean like right now as of to as of today you know, they called a strike and which uh, halted all national rail services as well as the subway in Athens over the working conditions. Um, and workers are calling it, you know, a dangerous failure um, to, the, uh, to modernize the rail system. So that's what they're striking for is, you know, bad working conditions and that, that the whole thing needs to be uh, modernized. And a second 24-hour strike has already been called for Friday. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, th- there's going to be huge fallout over this. And, of course, oh yeah, the um, – I-, I think the fact that, you know, we just had uh, that horrible – um, failure, epic failure of the the train wreck in East Palestine, Palestine, however the hell we're pronouncing that these days. Um, which, you know, one of the, one of the things is so like like as you mentioned uh, during the Trump administration, they rolled back a lot of the restrictions. Um, and kind of circumvented uh, safety uh, uh, directives that would have possibly 
lessened or eliminated that 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 accident because like I don't if, if you've seen the footage because you know there are cameras all along the route and you can you can little sure. there's footage that literally showed like as the the system began to fail and you can see that the you know that there are sparks coming from under the the train carriage and then it bursts into flames and then the whole thing just kaboom. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty horrifying. Um, you know, hopefully what will happen is that, that there will, you know, I mean, if you look at, okay, so like the most, most current systems that are being used on trains that are effective at preventing these kinds of failures is still like 30 years old. Okay. Um, this train was using, you know, basically technology that is much older than that um obviously the railroads do not want to spend the money to have to modernize all of these trains and systems and here's something else that i think a lot of people uh don't realize the railroad has its own police force like there are the railroad police i should you know it's a fact um, one of the places that I used to manage, which was a storage facility, had train tracks that ran just outside of our property lines. And as a result of that, so like if you've ever walked on train tracks or anything like that, you'll you'll know that, you know, there's a clearance of, you know, there has to be a clearance of, you know, I forget, it's like eight or ten feet each side of the tracks, which means that, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the railroad maintains that, right? Which meant that our fence was very visible because of that. And we had tried everything to get them to um, at least restrict access from the road that was on the other side of the tracks. And basically, you have to talk to the railroad police. So anytime there was an incident where, you know, criminals basically used the access to the railroad tracks and then came across the tracks and onto, you know, and cut through our fence, um, then the railroad police would come out and talk to us and basically say, you know, well, there's nothing we can do, which they could have done. They could have done anything. Um, They have really broad uh, jurisdiction as it pertains to uh, their lines and all of that. So, I mean, I think a lot of people aren't even aware of how much power railroads have, and and that goes back a long ways in history, right? Um, Yeah. You know, um, Pinkertons, the Pinkerton service, right, grew out of basically the railroads um, to protect, uh, to prevent bank robberies and of train, you know, robberies of train, train robberies. Yeah. Um, right. But so the other big thing in this is pretty much anywhere you live in this country, you're probably not very far from some train tracks. Now, right. the majority of train traffic in the U.S. is all, you know, it's, it's, it's primarily cargo, cargo, right? Um Correct. We have Amtrak, which is, you know, passenger service. Um, but mm-hmm. the majority of trains that you see are carrying, 
either chemicals or coal or, you know, or other products. What happened in East Palestine could happen anywhere, okay? I don't care where you are. It could happen anywhere. And um, the way that they have, you know, designated what constitutes, you know, this was not listed as a hazardous shipment because it was just one or two cars below what the threshold. Like it has to be carrying, I think it was seven, in order to be classified as as transporting hazardous materials that would be, that might be restricted going through residential areas, um, I think that number is like it has to be 70 cars or more. And this one was only like 67 or 68 car, whatever. Um, <clears throat> like what fucking difference that makes, you know, like so two cars are going to be the difference. You know, what would have happened if it had been 70? What, you know, would that have been like, you know, I mean, how could that have been much worse than what it already is? Um, right. So I think that's the, the probably the biggest takeaway that people should be concerned about is that, you know, if you live next to train tracks, I can almost guarantee you that there is shit going by your house on a regular basis that if there were to be a failure like what there was in East Palestine, that um, it's going to be bad. You can you could experience the same exciting, you know, catastrophic disaster that the people in East uh, Palestine did. So that's my two cents. Right, and the environmental damage is long lasting, and and who knows uh, how many instances of illness will arise from this. Uh, beyond the immediate, the long-lasting effects of some of hazardous materials. I mean, we already know this. Um, and for those who know nothing about environmental issues, I'd encourage you to go ahead and watch something old like Aaron Brockovich uh, to get an idea. Uh, there were several movies based in, on facts um, about how people were poisoned by uh, the industrial complex machine in varying numbers of it. Silkwood is another fantastic movie. Um, I mean, you know, you think, oh, a train. Okay, so the train broke and unfortunately people got hurt. But it goes way beyond that, way beyond that. You know, what happens? To the tracks? Are they being repaired properly? The waste materials are of concern. Um, the long-lasting health effects, the long-lasting transportation effects. Uh, will people get supplies that they do need because it was, it was brought in by rail? Folks do not realize mm-hmm. everything does not arrive on a plane. Most of the things that we get, the shipments of supplies that we get in our country are mostly dealt with. Once they come overseas by boat, they are put on trucks and rails, and it is mostly rails because it is yep. the easiest way to move the largest amounts of product through our country. Um, 
so I, I would just caution folks to pay attention. Um, folks who live near these areas, I would caution them to get their health checked on, uh, any unusual symptoms. Please do not martyr yourself over this. It is important to know, not just for you, but for your family, of any kind of effect. Um, I, I'm just saying I, it's an awful, awful thing that has happened in Greece and here. Right. So, you know, and, I mean, they have, when it comes to, like, the long-term uh, effects and risk, they've said they have no idea. They, they do not know what the, the long-term risk is. And uh, Erin Brockovich was in East Palestine, right? Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Um, she, she was there. Um, so, you know, and there's already been a lawsuit filed. Um, so, and one of the other problems, <clears throat> excuse me, and this was in the news either late last week or early this week, that uh, they were having a problem as to where they were going to take, you know, all of this toxic waste, right? Because, you know, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of dump trucks full of, of, of soil, uh, track, the uh, rail cars, that, you know, they were going to send, the first place that they were going to, you know, transport it said, nope. Um and, uh, you know, so that's, yeah, the, the, the impacts of this are very far and wide-reaching, um, you know. And everybody should have learned a little something about supply, tra- you know, chains when it comes to, you know, the pandemic because, yep. uh, you know, so something like this, uh, just like, you know, when a fucking giant ship gets stuck uh, somewhere and shuts down all the all the um, ship traffic, this is, you know, while yeah. this is not going to have as huge of an impact as, as that, you know, ship in the Strait of Hormuz did, um, yeah. it's still going to have, then all of these trains have to be rerouted, and so, you know, uh, worst case scenario, you know, people are not going to get what they need. Um, but, yeah, the environmental impacts by far are, are the worst. And that no one died as a result of that is is amazing, um, you know. And, and really, to be honest, the train uh, wreck in Greece, you know, that 350 passengers – and there are only 60 of them dead, is pretty fucking amazing in and of itself. And if you don't think it's amazing, go look up the footage because, I mean, it looked like a bomb went off when those two trains collided. Um, But I think that overall, this is going to bring even more attention to, uh, to workers' rights, to, you know, what... I mean, part of the problem with the um, the train wreck in Ohio was there were only two guys on that whole fucking train. It's a massive train. Yeah. There's only two guys, you know. And the rail workers have long been asking for, you know, for better, 
better labor protections and 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 all of that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It it it's a frightening proposition. You know, just because there's no, you know, in this country, just because there was no immediate loss of life, like you said. Um, the environment, the long-lasting, long-term environmental implications are just too much to know. But trust me, they will happen. There will be instances of illness. You can't. I mean, we're talking about toxic substance. It's called that for a reason. Um, but I'm sure we will have updates for you next month on this. Uh, unless other things continuously fall apart, which they apparently seem to, I don't know. This one came as a shocker to me, this next one. Uh, so apparently, the U.S. Marshal Service was hacked, and the compromised data includes uh, personal employee info and personal wanted fugitive information. And I went, oh, <laughs> isn't that interesting? Um so, Star, what actually happened? Who hacked the U.S. Marshal Service? Um, I don't know that they know. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know that they, I mean, that they, that they know. That's um, pretty fascinating. You would, think a, you would think that U.S. Marshals would be a little more secure, huh? Right. Well, and I think, um, you know, they don't think that it was a, a ransom, um, a ransomware attack, right? Um, so it, it was probably someone more, just did it to do it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, they've said that uh, countries like Iran and Russia, um, you know, have have launched uh, similar attacks that were but were designed um, to look like ransomware but really were more geared towards stealing intelligence or causing disruption um, you know but they really haven't released much information on um, who did it or whether they'll release this information but the information that was taken was um you know, uh, from from what the, what they're saying was, you know, em, uh, employee personal data and uh, yeah. internal process, processes, uh, but also um, that it contained records uh, of ongoing investigations. So. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, when I first heard the story that really concerned me is, uh, and some people may not know this, but the U.S. Marshal Service oversees the uh, the Federal Witness Protection Program. Now, thankfully, the system that was compromised is a standalone uh, system and does not include that information uh, because that that would have been really bad. I mean, you would have literally thousands of people who, I mean, that would be like a death sentence for for many of them. Uh, but it was it yeah. was not 
it was not compromised and um and and it's also not connected to the uh to the US Marshal Service's uh broader network um which yeah. was shut down also once they realized that there had been a breach but yeah this is absolutely stunning i mean when you consider that the government that and the US marshal service is you know handles very sensitive information um yep you know this is bad so uh how this shakes out remains to be seen, but uh, you know the the things that we do know um, is th- that they got personal information on people that work for the marshal service, possibly ongoing cases, and um, and just how their internal process works. So. Um, you know, if there's a if there's a bright star in this, it's that they did not manage to access the uh, witness protection database. Uh, so well, yeah. that's good. That's, there's a bright spot there. There's not yeah. a whole lot of bright spots, but I guess that's one of them. So that that's okay. Uh, before we continue, I just want to remind everybody to please check out the Wild Hunt please visit wildhunt.org. Give it all your support. It is the pagan paper of record with real journalists, real journalism. Something that is very hard to get these days because our next story is about our old friend Rupert Murdoch. Now, if you're not familiar with Rupert Murdoch, let me remind you, Rupert Murdoch owns Fairly because Fox News is being sued by Dominion, and if you don't know who Dominion is, Dominion owns the boxes that contain our votes. Those are the voting machines, folks, Dominion Voting. You've heard that name before. Uh, there were other uh, things that, that, that got mentioned about Dominion uh, during the uh, Trump regime, regime rather, uh, you know, and, and all kinds of accusations. Well, the reason why Rupert Murdoch is being sued by Dominion is because of false claims that people were, were voting multiple times and, and, and all kinds of nefarious activities uh, connected to the 2020 election. Um, so here's what happened. When Mr. Murdoch was questioned, Mr. Murdoch had to admit because of access to various text messages and internal messaging through the Fox organization that several Fox anchors, names you know like Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, uh, our old friend Tucker Carlson, knew, knew and propagated the lies about the 2020 election being stolen. And they knew that Trump was lying, and they got on the air and repeated these lies anyway. How Fox is still on the air is beyond me. 
They need to dismantle this organization. It has lost all credibility. If they lied to their listeners about this, P.S., a lot of their listeners, and I'm sorry to say this, do not care if the lie is a lie. They don't care. But those of you who are still sane, who are listening to Fox, you cannot listen to Fox. There is no credibility. If they lied to you about this, I am sure they will lie to you about everything. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. Go ahead, Star. Give us some more details about this stolen election bullshit and how much, do you happen to know how much Dominion is asking for? Yeah. Yes. So it's, um, it's a $1.6 billion lawsuit <laughs> against Fox News. But also, um, you know, I think that um, there are a couple of things about Murdoch that um, people may not be aware of. You know, he got his start in tabloid news. Uh, he's uh, originally, I think, Australian. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he owns uh, tabloid still. Um, in the UK and I think also in Australia. Um, But he also, the Murdoch empire also bought the wall street journal and Uh they bought uh, national geographic as well. So, so they own, um, they own quite a lot of media. Uh, One of the ways that Fox has managed to get around telling lies because let's let's you know we can call it misinformation or disinformation but the bottom line is that there is a certain percentage of what they broadcast especially with their hosts like uh you know Hannity, Pirro, uh Lou Dobbs, especially yes. Tucker Carlson yes. that yep. uh the way they get around being able to tell lies, okay, is that uh, a while back, it's been probably, what, about 10 years maybe, that they said that they were more infotainment than they were a bona fide news organization. Um, And that kind of really began, was the beginning of a a real downward spiral uh, because – Now, a lot of people may not be old enough to remember, but I remember, you know, before Fox existed as as a as a even as a TV station, and before Fox News became a thing. um, But if you look at just in just since the 2020 election and the insurrection, you know, Chris Wallace, who was probably the uh, one of the better news anchors that they had who reported, you know, primarily straight news with with little slant. Um, yep. He left. He left Fox yep. News after, you know, several decades, and they've lost a lot yep. of their other uh, news folks. But this lawsuit yep. is, um, I mean, it's bad. Uh, Rupert Murdoch said in a a deposition, you know, I mean, he admitted that, you know, that some of their hosts uh, had endorsed the false claims that the 2020 was, was, uh, election was stolen. 
and uh, you know, as did other hosts, hosts, you know, and he's kind of, uh, you know, kind of hat in hand. Well, we should have done more, but the bottom line here is that Dominion has a very strong case. Um, yeah. So, despite what they might say in in retrospect, uh, the reality is that they allowed these lies to be pushed over and over and over and over again, and it was part of that that fed into what happened on January 6th. Uh, You know, they continued to elevate um, the former president, they continued to uh, to push these lies, and um, I don't see any any way that this ends well for for Fox News, um, you know. And right. because in a trial like this, like what Dominion did was, you know, they filed for discovery and asked that. Um, you know, they wanted all of this this information on internal communications that that were happening, and so that is uh, that is basically where a lot of the because this has been all over the this has been all over the media um, as far as. Uh, As far as all, all of, all of, you know, that, that they have all of these, uh, um, all of these text messages and, and emails right. and everything so, else. Right, and and here's here's the part that I find absolutely the most distressing part about this. Oh, by the way, Murdoch also owns New York Post. For those who might be interested. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that's another one. Which is a horrible, it's a rag. (laughs) Well, the New York Post, back when I was a kid in New York, uh, the New York Post was actually, it was like the Daily News. It it had actual, you know, everyday news by real journalists. Um, But once Murdoch took over, uh, yeah, that was was not so great. Um, But the thing that I find the most upsetting about this, story is the fact that the anchors knew. The anchors knew and to each other mocked it, mocked Trump, mocked the the lie, knew the lie was a lie. So, you know, when they were reporting on that, and then we we fast forward to the January 6th insurrection, call it what you want. But the fact is, it was an insurrection designed to overthrow a duly elected government. I'm just saying. Uh, that's the fact of it. So you have, to, you have to add it all up, that these people lie knowingly, and behind the backs of their listeners are mocking them because they are fully reporting lies. They knew they were lies. And they went ahead for the money and lied anyway. It's just, you know, I don't like to be, I'm not trying to be vindictive, 
There are a lot of people in my life who actually watch Fox News. I don't talk to most of them for that simple reason. If you believe one, you believe follows the chain. And not one person that I am related to who watches Fox News has turned around and said, well, isn't that some bullshit? Because it's very hard to believe a series of lies for many, many years and then have to admit you were wrong. And I'm very sorry about that. But these are the facts. Their anchors lied. They reported false information. They did it knowingly. There should not be a recovery from that. Period. In my opinion. I agree. But that's my, I agree. And that's here's, here's another little here's another little tidbit for you. Um, some of you might be old enough to remember Paul Ryan who was, uh, for yes. a brief time, uh, Speaker of the House. He's a, he's a little Republican yeah. and, uh, and absolutely uh, a reprehensible human being, in my opinion. He yeah. serves on the board for Fox Corporation, and he repeatedly okay. told both Rupert Murdoch and his son, uh, Lachlan, uh, that you know, that that they should not be spreading these conspiracy theories um, and advise them to move on from from Trump uh, and and stop spreading, you know, these election lies. So, I mean, there's a part of me that is like, okay, God has helped us when people like Paul Ryan are, you know, uh, the canary in the coal mine, as it were. Um, yeah, I mean that's just pretty, pretty extraordinary, in, in my opinion. But I think it's very likely. Um, you know, the the other part of this that uh, that has been uh, rocking a lot of pundits uh, and and others is that uh, that Murdoch shared. Uh, confidential information about uh, Biden's ads that they were providing copy to the Trump campaign so that they knew what ads Biden was gonna was gonna gonna run. Now this is a huge advantage to someone that is uh you know if you're if you're in a uh, if you're campaigning for a for a seat and you know what your opponent is going to run in the way of ads then you can already be countering that without having to wait for those ads to actually you know be aired so i mean this is huge i feel like they you know there are so many levels to this because it's not just the Dominion filing, but I mean, basically, this kind of constitutes antitrust. I think. What do you think? I agree. I would absolutely think this uh, is an antitrust situation. Now, I don't know what the ramifications of that or how far that will go. Can they shut down? The, I mean, I'm sorry, no matter what they've tried to rebrand it as, it's still considered a news organization, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you know, and I mean, one of the things that, you know, could result in them not being able to call themselves, uh, uh, you know, a news organization anymore. I mean, um, you know, that comes down to uh, the government determines that as far as uh, the, um, you know, there's a federal agency that that covers uh, broadcast news. And so, right. you know, there could be ramifications for that. But also, like, if they're providing, you know, information to – uh the if they're providing campaign you know information that could affect an election then that that could be considered as tampering um but i don't know uh, if it will go i don't i don't know if it can go that far technically speaking um because people get to promote whatever i mean msnbc clearly promotes a certain uh, way of being, uh, mindset, what have you. I don't know if that equates or not um, because, I mean, slanted news is slanted news, whether it's the slant I like or the slant somebody else likes. I don't know if there's precedent for that in this particular case. I think exposure of... I mean, but the exposure of knowingly lying, I think, is so damning to the organ to that that organization in and of itself for purposeful lying. I I think most organizations have a bias one way or the other. I don't think anything is necessarily flat out even ex- except for. Um, right, right, uh, right. But, but but that's not that's not what we're talking about here. But that's that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is that they gave, you know, confidential information and shared it yeah. with the opposing campaign. I mean, that's um, I mean, that's you know, before it was public. Part, yes. Right. That's the antitrust part. Yes. 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 I'm trying to look well, at it as a whole thing as opposed to – but the, the individual actions are more important in this particular instance. You're right. I, I mean, well, can well, they not shut only it that, down completely? Right. Well, not only that, but also, you know, who's going to advertise with them um, now, you know? Because if they would do this for – the Trump campaign, then uh-huh. what's the guarantee that they wouldn't? So let's say that I own, you know, um, let's say I own a national or even international business and I produce, you know, a, a new ad that I'm going to be rolling out and they release what my ad is going to look like to my competitor who, you know, manages to, you know, produce a similar ad that, you know, that comes out at the same time mine does, then that undermines, uh, you know, I mean, that that seems like antitrust stuff to me, but also that it would have a long-term, you know, that it could have it could have an impact on who's willing to advertise with them because if they're willing to compromise 
information about an election uh, by providing yeah. it to to the opposition, then wh- why is there any wh- – how can there be any doubt that they wouldn't be doing that kind of double dealing with, with advertisers? So, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that that – in some regards, maybe even worse than the fact that they that they lied about all of this and promoted yeah. promoted these lies, and you know, and now are kind of saying, oh yeah, we should have been, you know, looking back, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, you know. So yeah. I mean, I think that yeah. that you know, because you got to follow the money, and the money is like the way that that that's true. Uh, the way that the broadcast stations make money is through advertising. And if people are like, well, I don't know if I want to advertise with them or not because I don't want them giving my information to my competitor. I mean, that could have a a bigger impact than anything legal. I mean, the whole reason that they continued to spout these lies was because of money, because their viewers were unhappy and they had advertisers that were, you know, that were in line with, with, uh, you know, their watchers, and and they were worried about, you know, their ratings. Yeah, and not only that, but I think, you know, you bring up a good point in the sense, definitely in the sense of, well, I mean, if they are a conservative news network as they try to make themselves out, um, they certainly would do double dealing. It's not just about it's not just about being against Democrats. It's also about basically selecting having a news organization selecting who the Republicans will have as president because if they would do this on Trump's behalf against Biden, they would certainly do it on Trump's behalf against anybody else in in the Republican Party if they decide that Trump is their guy again. So it's not just harmful to the general populace, it's harmful to their own party, and I don't think they get that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, You know, I mean, clearly, I, I mean, they obviously did not think that they would get caught um, or they, they wouldn't have done it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this is definitely a case that, that we're going to be watching to see to see what happens. But I have a feeling oh, yeah. that, um, that there are too many things here. Um, they're not going to walk away from this unscathed. And frankly, um, I would like nothing Good. better than than to see them, you know, really kind of go down in flames because yep. I feel like they have abused the public trust for long enough. And, um, you know, they shouldn't have been allowed to do the things that they've done, uh, you know, over the course of the last decade or so. Uh, so, yeah, oh, so hopefully there's, there's some comeuppance. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> you know, I used to watch a show called Frontline. Was it called Frontline? No, it wasn't called yeah. Frontline. It was a show. There was a show with Tucker Carlson and Paul Begala, and it was on CNN. It was before the whole Fox thing happened. And, you know, back then you could almost say that, Tucker Carlson was a normal Republican-type person. 
and he and Paul Begala would argue, you know, the different sides of the aisle that was on CNN. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. But um, I think people do not realize, a lot of folks do not remember that, but money changes people. And when Tucker Carlson got a little taste of Fox money, he sold his soul. And I don't know if once you sell your soul, you can ever claim it back, especially from something like this. It's, it's, it's painful to watch, but I will also admit my schadenfreude, I would love to see this all go down. I would love to see their network burn in flames. I'm just saying as a liberal, as a Democrat, we all knew that Fox was pandering bullshit, and now they have told you themselves that they have been pandering bullshit. I just hope that the people who watch Fox are listening and watching and paying attention. That's all I can tell you. Well, let's hope that. that they are. Let's hope that they are. Well, um, we hope that they are because there's an election coming up next year, and you know, it feels like every election we are fighting for the soul of America. And I know people are so fucking sick of hearing that. But you know what? It is proven that every year we are. We are, period, end of story. It is always, the next election is always going to be more than the previous election. Why? Because this is how the country changes, grows, or dies. So, yeah, you're sick of hearing that every election is important. I'm fucking here to tell you every goddamn election is important. Without question. Absolutely. Moving right along. Sorry. This was was Raina's schadenfreude moment, too. Because does anybody remember Senator James Inhofe? Anybody remember him? He was a big, big deal in the Senate, and he's retired. Want to know why? Due to long-haul COVID symptoms, in spite of refusing multiple COVID aid packages. Unfreaking believable. There were so many packages put forward to help Americans during the height of the pandemic, lots of money. A lot of you guys, I know I did. We got, we got a little COVID check from the government to help us along. It was very nice, very thoughtful. Um, could have gone further in the opinion of some, whatever. But the fact that this senator refused multiple packages to help his state and help the people which is what his fucking job is, I'm sorry, this just rankles the shit out of me, actually had to retire due to long-haul COVID symptoms. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, I'm just so pissed about that. It, it works my last nerve. And I'm going to tell you that there are going to be more instances of folks who denied the, the aid for their people who are going to come down with long-haul COVID, maybe they already have it and just haven't admitted it yet, but I'm telling you, it is going to be expensive, in my opinion. Barb, what do you think? 
Well, I think that this is like uh, really similar to the people who refuse to get vaccinated and then yep. died uh, in the hospital, it, like horribly. And, um, you know, and their relatives were like posting the videos that they were making, you know, the, that they made of them where they're yeah. like literally gasping for breath and saying, you know, I was wrong, get the vaccine. All of that, you know, um, I think one of the worst ones I saw was um, this guy who's pleading, you know, can't you just give me the vaccine now? And, uh, and of course, you know, you can't uh, at that point. Um, I mean, just absolutely heartbreaking stuff. And, I mean, and I, and I think that so, so am I surprised by, by any of this? You know, sadly, I am not surprised, um, and I agree with you that we are going to see more cases like this. Um, you know, some of these folks will try to do their best to keep it under wraps because, you know, it's not going to play well to their base for them to have to admit right. that, they, that, they have, uh, that they have long COVID. Uh, especially when they downplayed everything and did everything they could to make it more difficult to for people to get vaccinated and uh, yeah, so you know we don't really know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't really know what the long-term effects of this virus and the disease that it causes. We don't know what those are. Mm-hmm. We don't know. They don't know. You know, and then you've got all this nonsense know. about uh, about it, you know, oh, now we know it came from a lab. I mean, which when that report hit, I was kind of mad because I'm like, okay, the report said low confidence. You know, they have low confidence that they're going to spread this shit everywhere that, oh, yeah, it was, came from a lab. Whatever. The bottom line is that we we don't know what we don't even know at this point. Exactly. And anybody who says exactly. otherwise, you know, they don't know I, I can't. Yeah, they no, know. they don't know. <laughs> so you I know? think we're going to see, I think we're, I think we're going to see a lot more cases like this. I think that, you yeah. know, probably a lot more people are, are going to, you know, end up with long COVID or going to die or, you know, have serious health issues as a result yep. of all, all of this. And, um, and it, you know, it, it, it could have been prevented. Our, it was preventable. It, it was preventable. There were systems in place before Trump took office uh, to deal with the pandemic, and he wiped it out. He didn't want to talk about it, wanted to ignore it. He was told that the potential for a pandemic was imminent. He knew um, the Obama administration had put protocols in place and Trump dismantled everything. But the other thing about this particular situation is it harkens back to the problem with lies and misinformation coming from an organization posing as a news outlet, okay? So, I'm, I mean, listen, people have to make choices. I understand that. But the misinformation filtered through Fox News, I'm sorry, I believe has contributed to this situation as well. 
Yeah, just saying. I agree. The arguments about to mask or not to mask, the arguments about vaccine or not to get a vaccination. Um, a lot of this people got their news from Fox, you know, trusting that they were being told the truth. Unfortunately, now we see that if, if, if a news organization lies to you about something big, they have probably lied to you about anything convenient for them. What that means, I don't know, but it could be everything. Just saying. Mm. Yep. All right. So with the few minutes we have left, <laughs> number five, and I let me preface this by saying I love my friends in Florida. I wish I could put you all in my home and keep you here with me because um, there's some batshit crazy things happening in Florida. Uh, apparently, State Senator Inguglia in Florida trying to cancel the Democratic Party. Good luck, dude. Good luck. Florida yeah. Is on my hip parade. Just on my hip yeah. parade. So... So this is uh, Senate Bill uh, 1248, and it's they've named it the Ultimate Cancel Act. And what this act would, what this bill would do if it were to be passed, is eliminate all political parties that once used slavery as part of its platform. And uh, while the Democratic Party technically isn't mentioned in the bill, um, uh, Senator Ngoglia has, uh, you know, stated that that's his target. And uh, so what this okay. bill would do, if it, if it were to pass, would uh, basically um, uh, cancel out about 5 million voters and they would have to re-register uh, they would be listed as no party voters and would have to and then the democratic party would have to uh have to re-register uh by a name that would be substantially different from the name of any other party previously registered um you know basically this is some uh banana republic bullshit um, it's unconstitutional, and it doesn't have any chance of, of, of really passing. Um, but considering, you know, our, our friends in Florida who have written some of the most horrible legislation in uh, recent history, uh, this should come as no surprise. And yet, when I read this, I literally said, what the actual fuck is this? I know. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So not only that, Florida and, and Tennessee, you're going to have to, and, and then we're going to have to wrap for the night, but um, I'm astounded by the number of men, Republican men, who have decided to come out as anti-drag show uh, who have been caught in drag. I, I don't understand. I'm a little confused. What is the problem with a drag show? It's not for the children. The children are not watching the drag show, okay? The drag shows are typically in clubs 
they are typically over, I would assume, over 18 or over 21. They are nighttime events for people that are into that. What is the problem? And now, you know, there's one in Tennessee who is trying to ban drag shows, and then there's one in Florida. Florida, what's up with you, Florida? What is happening in Florida? What are you all drinking in the water? I'm just asking. Yeah. Too many alligators. Um, so, so this all started because one of the things that has become very popular in the last uh, few years is uh, libraries would host uh, uh, basically drag storytelling, right? So. Yeah. Um, they would come in and do story time and read stories to the children dressed in drag. Um, you know, they've been immensely popular. Everybody seems to love them. Uh, you know, and I, I think it's just a convenient target uh, for the for the far left, I mean, far right. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, like what ten, the way Tennessee, like, if you if you want to read the bill that that Tennessee wrote, um, it is written so very very broadly that um, basically it says that you know anybody dressed in drag uh, that can be seen by a child, uh, you know, can be arrested and is guilty of a, of a felony. So like. Uh, what what that actually means, you know, I mean, so let's say that you have a performer at a, um, who's performing at a club, you know, during a drag show, and they step outside to, say, smoke a cigarette. Um, uh-huh. You know, then they could, and, and a child happens to be outside, then they could be arrested and charged, um, by the way. I mean, the, this law is written so broadly that um yeah it's pretty horrifying and i think it's important to to mention that you know one of the things that are hap- that's happening is that these laws are being you know not only written intentionally broad but they are also um you know it is just them going after anything that they perceive as being woke or, you know, in any way somehow, you know, going against what they believe should be the law of the land, which is, you know, the whole um, Christian principles and, and, and all of that. I mean, and, and there's been, they've said as much just in the last, you know, just over the course of the last few weeks, they've been pretty pretty straight up about what their intent is, that, that, you know, that we will, by God, be a Christian nation if they have anything to say about it, um, you know. And if you're not alarmed yeah. by that, you fucking should be, because eventually they'll be coming for you, whoever you are, or whatever you believe. Um, so, yeah. you know... I don't understand how anybody can look at this and see it as anything other than a threat to to both, you know, um, all of our freedoms and a threat to democracy. 
you know, because there are there are millions and millions of people in this country that are not Christian, um, you know, tens of millions of people that are not Christians, whether they're pagan or, um, you know, or Hindus or Buddhists or atheists or agnostic, but they're they're not Christian. And so trying to impose those values, I mean, this is hugely problematic, hugely problematic. Anyway, so, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absurd. I, I Anyway, well, guys, that's it for our month. We sure appreciate you listening. Uh, we will be back next month with more news. For now, I'm Raina Starr. That's Star Bustamante. Say goodnight, Star. Goodnight, Star. We'll see you guys next month. Have a good one. Ciao.